Hello everyone, welcome to Two Rivers, Two Takes. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. And we are going to discuss episode four of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, which apparently is two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, so there are seven episodes. I finally figured it out. Ah. Uh. Seven episodes, so we have three left. And I feel this was a good place to leave things at mid-season, as it were. It's still bizarre to me that TV seasons are only, like, seven, eight, ten episodes long. Yeah. So, um, where we would normally have some big dramatic thing or a setup in a 26-episode season, we're now getting it in episode four, when you would just be getting to know characters in the old world of the mid-2000s and before. Yes. And uh, we got some good forward momentum, I feel, this week. What are your thoughts on that? I am surprised you say that, because I feel like there was a lot of flashback involved. There was a lot of flashback, but I feel it was uh, setting this up for where we are now. The Tuscan Raiders stuff, I feel, set up... Like it was too abstract, and then... And, well, it set up one really small aspect of things. Unless they're going back to it, which they probably totally are. I think they drove it home enough in this episode that the Tusken Raiders somehow showed Boba Fett a different way of looking at his life. Mm. And that was sort of their purpose. That would be pretty abstract. I mean, in that, like... He goes there, becomes one of them, becomes a good person, and ever since then, that's why he's been so benevolent and merciful, sort of. Because mm. um, in this episode, it seems like when he talks with Fennec Shand about his vision for the future, it's all about, like, the Tuscan Raiders showed me my life with the Tuscans mm. when I was with the Tuscans. He would like to give the world a Coke. I don't know what that means. That's a 70s reference. There's a big commercial. It was the new Seekers. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Oh. We we can listen to it later. Okay. um, It's very much about, like, peace and love and embracing everyone. Well, I mean, the Tuscans weren't exactly about peace and love, but they were about there's more to your life than doing these contracts where people who has... Bobo Fett says, like, are stupider than him and don't have any sort of vision or longevity. And being able to choose your own contracts is also sort of what drew Fennec Shand to work for him. Yeah. All that and the oath of protection. Yeah, because he saved her life. Yeah. She has some robot guts. Which you she, didn't know anything because you didn't watch Mandalorian. So Right, so I'm like, why is she fallen from the sky? Like, why is he saving her? what is happening with these hydraulic pumps in her innards that she is not giving any sort of medical consent to be put in her. So is Fennec Shand a mod? Yes. Which I I think is really funny that they call the biker gang the mods. <laughs> the because, mod squad? Because I really think that they are in line with my vision of a biker gang in the 1950s. Like, we watched a Hammer horror film where yeah, it, it is the same aesthetic and vibe. And it's like, we're just going to run around, do some 
crime. Yeah. Do some violence and then run away on our bikes and laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. It so, was basically how that movie went until they found a bunker of radioactive children. True. Um, then it, <laughs> then it took alert. a turn. <laughs> but the, the name, the mods, is pretty funny uh, to me. And we don't really see our mods. The Power Rangers are not around except in the flashback. No, we got like a B-list Yeah, we mod. get B-list mods. There's no young Linda Ronstead. No fake Harry Potter. No, and no cyborg from DC Comics. But we do have, like, the person with the one little thing in front of their eye. There's, like, a fake Cyclops now. There's, like, a fake Gambit with, like, the glowy eye. Yeah. Yeah, or a cable, maybe. Oh. It could be cable. Well, there were two. Oh, there were two, like, the big round ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. Two purples and then, like, one big red one. Yeah. So... Um, maybe we could start a conspiracy theory right now that this is how the X-Men are being introduced into the MCU, <laughs> is through the book of Boba Fett. Although, wouldn't that make them more U-Men than X-Men? That's a deep cut from New X-Men. No. I haven't gotten there yet. It's... I have, I have a few decades to go. Yeah. Anyway, the mods... And it's like, you're too old for this. Like, what are you doing here? Like, only young people can get mods? But then he still, like, carves out a big chunk of Fennec Shan's belly and replaces it. With antifreeze. Yeah. And pistons. It's very Which, I mean, her core strength is off the charts now. (sighs) She can do, like, those crunches while hanging on a bar all day. All day. She's just yeah. hanging there on the pull-up bar, like, kicking her legs up yeah. continuously. So the greater context for Fennec Shand is he was going to get his ship back, and then he saw her ship fall, and she was deposited in the sand. And then he's like, oh, I can't get into this bunker to get my ship on my own. I don't know. I don't think that... I, it wasn't her ship. I think he saw the flashes of, like, them shooting, I thought. Oh, well, in yeah. whatever case, she was just left in the sand. Yeah. Girlfriend doesn't have a ship right now. And it seems like a big stretch to go from, like, I will help this person who is dying in the desert and then convince them to... He must have recognized well, her. Well, he paid for her surgery. That's like if I was at the side of a road and someone's like, do you want a little Botox in your forehead? And I'd be like, okay, but I guess I'll help you with something. But I definitely wouldn't help with a crime like this. Yeah, this huge bunker. And I mean, I hope that all I would need if I was on the side of the road needing help is a little bit of Botox in my frown lines. (laughs) So she was fighting the Mandalorian? Yes. But she still ended up with all these little toys and gadgets. She didn't, I feel like she didn't expend her full arsenal. I forget what happened, honestly. Like, that was over a year ago. It's... Like, I think he beat her up and left her for dead, maybe? Or someone else did? I don't know. But someone did shot her in the belly or something. Yes, she was obviously left for dead. But when he repairs her, since she's now mechanical, and they go back to this bunker where his ship is, she's got this little, like, sensor thing to find out how many guards there are and where they are and what the structure is like. And good for them for, like, having a door that goes from the bottom up, because it's built into a hill, and there wouldn't have been any space for it to go from the top down. So was the... 
this is still the main door, right? To Jabba's Palace, it seems like. Is that Jabba? Uh, that must have been Jabba's it's, Palace. It's Jabba's Palace. But the thing is, I thought that it came from the top down. No, this one was bottom up. Well, I know this one was, but why would you want that in a sandy environment? And I'm talking from like a facilities perspective. <laughs> like if you have a door that's recessing into the ground in a sandy environment, the sand is going to go down and screw up everything mechanically. Like it's going to get so gunked up and... Maybe there's a droid for that. Maybe there is. I mean, there's a there's an adorable rat catcher droid. Yeah, and I saw some buzz before we watched this episode where everyone is really loving the rat catcher droid. He's adorable. Yes, he is. His little bun bun ears. Yeah, and a little pot belly. Yes, and his net. And a net. Um, they do have that device where they're like, Alexa, go see how many guards there are, <laughs> and their drone yeah. flies off, and no one notices it. There's, it had that, some poor security. It had that iconic droid sound of like the hub, yes, yes. <laughs> of a hovering droid and little bright red lights that no one saw. No, I mean it, somehow it managed to dot like it somehow knew when someone was about to look at it, so it yeah. would dodge. But it get, it gets past the Gomorian guards, or use, as you call them, the space bacon. Space bacon. Yes, we did see them. Some of them became space bacon when they got fried underneath the ship. Oh, yeah, that's true. Crispy, Extra crispy bacon. Crispy. Yeah. Um, and uh, they go in and I, okay. We went over this last week where they're sort of showing too much of Boba Fett and sort of removing the shine from him. And one of those times was in this episode... I can back up my argument and my thesis on this is he sucks at okay they are planning this whole thing to get his ship which is no longer called the slave one good um it is just Boba Fett's starship right now in the most recent Lego releases and such and um they have this whole plan to infiltrate Bib Fortuna's palace because it's Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Who is sitting on the throne. But they don't think of how they're getting the ship out of the hangar. Oh, that's true. Like, that's the most fundamental thing is like, where's your garage door opener? <laughs> also, yes. Or are you going to have to use that core to like manually open it? I mean, Fennec did. Although I don't quite get how it works because when she shot it, the weight dropped. Yeah. And then the door also dropped. But if it was a counterweight... Yeah, it should have gone up. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I oh, think. physics. I mean, I'm only, like, three sips of my coffee, my first coffee in right now, so... I didn't do that physics. well with mechanical physics. I did better with the EM. I didn't take physics or chemistry. I took ecology. Oh. Which I feel is very in line. I'm very earthy. I'd like to give the world a Coke. Um, which is definitely not natural <laughs> how, many, how many ingredients are in a coke um, yes there's something odd about the door and how they didn't plan for it and he's driving around like grinding his, his ship ships into the rock yeah the ship and its guns into the stone which I the mean it's a, goes it's a through a lot it's a choice um, he does not take care of his tools. 
He really doesn't. Um, I would hate to see his workbench. And because he needs one, because apparently he does all the work on the ship himself. Yes, and we really don't see it in action here. We've seen it before, how his seat is basically a gyroscope. So, like, you know how it's sitting and you go up the ramp? Yeah, and then, like, you... When you raise up, when the ship goes vertical, then his seat moves into place. Oh. And clicks. Oh, I just thought he had to, like, slide into it, and then when it becomes vertical, it works itself out. No, it's fancier than that. Oh, look at him. Hair toss. Yeah. So, um... So they... I feel like we're jumping around a lot, but... It's fine. fine. People should get used to it at this point with this series. Um, Wheel of Time, we are much more structured. Yeah. Um, But that was linear storytelling. (laughs) This is some flashbacks. Also, lesson learned, if you have a palace slash bunker, make sure you have your own wastewater treatment so that you don't have these like little gates that people can use to sneak into your base. Mm-hmm. It happened in Helm's Deep. It happened here. Like, get some water purification droids. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about little streams running out where people can sneak in and then... Come on, King Theoden, get some water purification droids. (laughs) Come on, allegory for Norse people. Um, And and it was a lot of flashback here. Um, Yeah. But I feel these flashbacks got us to the point where now we know. Yes, we know why they're working together. He's at the starting point, basically. Like, this flashback got us up to him at the end of the last season of Mandalorian shooting Bib Fortuna and taking over. How... Oh, so that happened in the Mandalorian? Yeah. Okay. So, how do you feel about this storytelling structure where you get, like, two-thirds of the first four episodes are all a flashback in the past, and you only have, what is this, three more episodes? Yeah. To figure out what he's doing in the present tense? I, uh, the device itself works. The device here, I disagree with. Because, again, it is too much explanation. I don't really care. As a fan. As a fan, for Boba Fett, how he got here. Like, he, honestly, he could have shown up, and they showed a bit more of his backstory in The Mandalorian, which we're probably going to get some flashbacks next week showing how they worked together in the last his, season of The Mandalorian to get fill his in armor? those gaps. Yes. Oh. So... I guess that is the only missing piece. We, But we got that in The Mandalorian. And honestly, I would have been totally cool if he just showed up at, like we were shown last season, he shoots Bib Fortuna, he sits on the throne, and then we could have gone entirely forward. I don't really need anything. We could have had one little flashback of him crawling out of the Sarlacc, and then there... You just could, know that he's gonna do something he's badass gonna, to... He, he's gonna get to where he was. I don't need to know how he trained with Tusken Raiders. Is this perhaps something for non-fans? It who could. don't have, like, that air of oh, mystery and badassness around Boba Fett? If it's, like, me, and just, like, wait, it's a which Star one is Wars this? Series. Yes. It it could be, um, but 
it's interesting looking at the entire Star Wars stuff right now. So we talked in, I think, the first episode of uh, reviewing Boba Fett, how they wiped clean the expanded universe. Oh, yeah. It's apocryphal <clears throat> and it's yes. like all those books. All it's the... legends. Yes. It's the legends line where they keep pumping out the reprints and making that money from stuff that actually doesn't pertain anymore. And Not canon. Right. And last year, the Star Wars publishing world pushed forward this big initiative that's called the High Republic. The High Republic is when Jedi were numerous and really good, like not in prequels where they're like bureaucratic and training the Jedi, but involved way too much in the politics. Like, this is a thousand years before. Oh. So the big publishing push was High Republic. It ties into adult novels, young adult novels, the comics. Oh, it hits all the genres. All the, They're getting all the coin. They are. And you don't need to read everything, but you can pick and choose what you want. Like, I, through my local comic store, get all the Star Wars comics, and I support them, well, most of them, um, because one of them was too far deep by the time I started subscribing where it wasn't a good jumping on point. Hashtag support your local comic <laughs> store. Absolutely, and support your local bookstores, too. Um, so uh, I, uh, I've i been stashing them, and I'm probably going to take a few days off since we're in the dead of winter, and I can't really get outside a garden or anything. Um, it's Minnesota. It's like three degrees outside right now. Yeah, for real. So I'm not probably, an exaggeration. I'm going to probably take some days off to sit down with a year's worth of Star Wars comics and read through them. This backstory for Boba Fett is typically what they have slotted into a five-issue miniseries for Star Wars in past years. Comic book miniseries. Comic book miniseries, where it is. Um, they had a five-issue Lando Calrissian story. Oh, he's They had a fun. Chewbacca one. They they do these to fill in, like, hey, here's a little window into things. And I think maybe because they're so focused on the High Republic stuff that they didn't allow breathing room for something like this. Mm. And maybe Kevin... Not Kevin Feige. Oh, what's his name? The showrunner... I'm going to come up with it as soon as we stop recording. Of course. Um, for the Boba Fett stuff. Yeah, for Star Wars, Kevin Feige is MCU with, like, Kathleen Kennedy for Lucasfilm and Star Wars and like Dave Filoni. Like the, the maestro organizing, like, yes. we need a story here, a story here. Like, all these it's tying side in outcomes yeah. become one massive storyline. So they probably indicate we really want to tell Boba Fett's story. Step off, you can't tell it in a written medium sort of thing, which I think for me as a fan, I would have probably enjoyed reading this in a five-issue comic book miniseries, but like you said, people who are relatively new to the Star Wars franchise or they're fans of the newer movies, they don't need necessarily have the backstory and they're not comics readers. Like, comics... Because mm. this is a wider audience if it's on Disney Plus Absolutely. Comics. Because comics, like the sales numbers, are compared to like 30 years ago when the highest selling comic book ever was X-Men number one oh. in like 1992. Um, the comics are not what they used to be and comics are very much a luxury good. Um, 
you can get them electronically through Comixology, which is owned by Amazon now. Um, so you can get the new release comics, but they're a luxury item. It is $4 for one issue of a comic. So that if you compare that to Disney Plus being like $10 a month, yeah, you're getting a whole lot more. more. So that is a good point. We need to fill in those gaps um, for the non-people. But as a, someone who's new to Boba Fett and everything, did you need this to understand him as a character? I don't think I did. Like, I've watched the movies in passing, and sure, I even stood outside for a midnight showing a few times in college. Oh. You know. Which one? Because it was college. The some one, one or two of the prequels. It would have been one of the prequels. That would have been... Um, Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Yes. It was episode three, where he's in some lava at the end. Yes. There was some experimentation in college. <laughs> you you dabble you dipped a toe in Star Wars and you're like I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. But it's college, so I'll experiment. Yeah. So like, at one point I knew who Boba Fett was, and like I still have the general sense, even though. I did have that moment of, is it the old one? Is it the young one? Like, who's the kid? What's happening here? And I don't know. I feel like I didn't necessarily need it, but I'm also more into the politicking. Like, that's why I like episode six of Wheel of Time. It's why I like The Expanse so Mm -hmm. much, is all the maneuvering. So, like how he gets control of the time of the crime syndicate like theoretically what's going to be in the next few episodes that seems is super, more my speed me too like that seems super interesting because we got the rehash with 8d8 explaining the different yeah. sex we got that at in this episode where they have everyone around the table and he's like yo i'm gonna be or whatever the term is major yeah, or whatever it, yeah yes like it is something with a D. He wants to be or, the godfather of this crime family. Yeah. And for someone who doesn't know a whole lot about Star Wars, like, between the iconic armor, I vaguely knew. And knew it was, like, some big character. And that was enough to get me to that, like, mythic aura like okay, where I don't need all the details like, of how we got to where he's going. Let's watch it. But I can see people who either don't know anything wanting backstory and motivation, or trying like having all the dots connected. Mm. There's there's still an appeal in that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it's interesting the way they structured it. We'll see it. I'm interested to see how this is going to impact their other products that are coming. Like the Mandalorian out this year. or the future Star Warsy things happening. Future Star Warsy things. So we have Obi Wan coming out, and we're going to be back on Tatooine. We're going to be on this desert planet again for Obi Wan, because it's going to tell us a story between the end of Episode Three, where oh, he goes no. into hiding, and Episode Four, where he's Sir Alec Guinness. Oh, the in. Oh, that makes sense because Ewan McGregor is probably currently he, I in a he, stage in between past Ewan McGregor and Sir Alec Guinness. Yes. So that makes sense. 
Yeah. But what is there for him to do if he's in hiding? Yeah. So I'm excited for Obi-Wan because it is Ewan McGregor. And they've talked about how Hayden Christensen is coming back. In some form as Anakin or Darth Vader. Is he... He should be Darth Vader at he this point. He is Darth Vader at that point, yeah. But we don't know if it's flashback stuff. Oh. And we have um, the Cassian series coming up with Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Oh, the cute pilot? And K2SO, the droid. I don't remember the droid, I just remember the cute pilot. The sassy droid. Sure. Cool. Yes. Oh, that, so, that was a good movie. Yeah. But it was sad. Maybe we'll do a Rogue One special episode around that series, because I put that on and you're like, I actually liked this Star Wars movie. Yeah, and I was not expecting to, but it, I felt it was more compelling than some of the other stuff. I agree. Rogue One is my favorite new Star Wars movie that they put out. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, what else? There was this funky siege. There's an adorable rat catcher droid who turns himself off. Yeah, he's like instead a, of like he's like, don't kill me. I'll just turn myself off. You do your crimes. It was a nice. Uh, I think I said it when we were watching it that it's like I saw this in an episode of Farscape, where there's like a a creature that catches smaller things and it's on the loose and there's some hilarity as they try to catch it mm. so i appreciated that it it had that same campy like physical comedy piece to it yeah in a show where there's not a whole lot of physical comedy yeah and that was in the kitchens so yeah. we have the chef droid who reminded me a lot of the chef in the little mermaid where he is going to chop sebastian up yes and he is singing la poison Oh, um, wait, at, isn't that Renee Auberginois? It is. Oh, that's fun. Odo from DS9. Yes. I keep forgetting that he was in The Little Mermaid because I don't like that movie. Oh, that's my second favorite Disney movie. I know, but this happens a lot with us. I know. Um, <laughs> and also, a droid in there, EV-99. It's another throwback. This is a droid that was in Return of the Jedi. It was the one that was intaking C-3PO and R2-D2 as part of the subterfuge when Luke gave them as a gift to Jabba the Hutt. And EV-99 is a she. And um, it was, you are a protocol droid. And C-3PO's like, yes. And she's like, I didn't ask for all those details when he was going on. Oh, like all the languages he speaks. Yeah, and and she's like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't remember that movie so great. Oh, we can revisit it. With this epic sail barge disaster. Yes. Incident. Yeah. Depending on who's writing the history. Yeah. So, there's these droids, they're chopping veggies, they hear Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and they're like, oh, we have rats called the Rat Catcher Droid, and our anti-heroes come in, they do the little... The severing of the head of the chef droid. Yeah. Which is sort of sad. It also took a while. Like, it was still really going at it until the head fell off. It had its general grievous moment, but with, um... The chef's knives. Chef's knives, yeah. yeah. And then the rat catcher came in, and it was cute and adorable. And then they get the ship, and then Bob was like, I need my armor. Or whatever. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know what. <laughs> um, in his New Zealand accent. Which, by the way, they've gone back to the original uh, 
trilogy and had him dub Boba Fett's lines to years ago. So it's the not same. the original voice actor. It's now him. Correct. How, side note: How do you feel about that? It because that's a the, whole discussion about George Lucas going back and fucking with everything he's ever made. Because didn't Star they do Wars. that with the ghost of Darth Vader? Yeah, like the VHS Return of the Jedi. Yep, I remember that part about it. It's like some bald dude who looks like Hercule Poirot, and then it wasn't. He wasn't bald. Well, when. On the second Death Star, when Luke took off the helmet, he was bald. He was not bald as a ghost. It was like a dude with 80s dad, Alan Thick hair. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it was. So... Uh, I just remember the, the ghost and then it not being the same ghost later on. Yeah, now it's Hayden Christensen. Because somehow it's like 25-year-old Hayden Christensen as a ghost and not Anakin as he would have been when he was dead like yoda looks like he was when he is dead obi-wan looks like he was when he is dead darth vader so they replaced, magic ghost serum they replaced the darth vader ghost but they didn't replace sir alec guinness ghost. right okay yes uh it it is george lucas um going back and being like i need to tweak this like the special editions that came out in 1997 had a bunch of additional CGI. My box set that I got for the VHSs was it watched Star Wars, the originals, one last time. They marketed it as you. this is the last time that you will be able to get this version of these movies. I which feel it, like that's the set that we have. Which oh, is... Also, what's a VHS? It, har har. It was also untrue because when they finally released the movies on DVD... The special features are the original versions, oh. but those DVDs are now hard to find. So I don't mind them doing CGI things for, like, Peter Cushing for that character, so that they get, like, the 70s version when they do something like Rogue One. Yeah. And they need that character in it, but I I don't like this sort of retconning of the... Everything. Yeah. Yeah, and the most recent one is when Disney Plus came online a few years ago and the day one releases were Star Wars like the Star Wars movies there's an extra line for Greedo who's it, Greedo? the one that Han Solo shoots in the cantina oh the he who says, shot first and he says McClunky like George Lucas right before he handed off the movies inserted Greedo saying McClunky a single word? Yes. Does it serve any purpose, storytelling-wise? No. Oh. We don't know what McClunky is. It, now it's just, like, a joke. That seems bizarre. Yep. And uh, we have that's, gone down the rabbit hole of, yeah. of well, editing that, things. That That's George Lucas wanting to keep doing things. Oh. Um, Boba Fett, real hung up on his armor. He... Yes, they somehow uh, get out of the thing they yeah they fight. fry people under the ship as he's spinning around trying to get it out the door that is an opening yeah crispy bacon and fennec shan saves the day again by shooting the counterweight and the door drops and yeah and then they fly off i need he to go to the sarlacc he does get his vengeance on the klingon disruptor hover bike gang yes 
for killing all the Tuscans. Well, this is, well that was after... Was that after the Sarlacc? I think it was. At some point. but it's, Be, So that's a plot point. Then yeah. We'll go back to the Sarlacc. Yeah. He gets the revenge. Um, the Sarlacc pit, he apparently doesn't remember that he... Cut emerged, his way out of it? Yeah, emerged with his armor. Granted, he did get like five concussions, like yeah. being hit over the head with the little people who Jawa the Jawa people yeah the Jawas be, stole beat his the, armor beat the fuck out of him and yep. then he got hit over the head a few more times when he was with the Tuscans yeah he did but he doesn't remember that so he thinks his arm I don't know how he thought he got out of there with his right like, like if you're surrounded by digestive acid as one would be yeah when you're eaten by a sarlacc how do you think you got out of your armor through the digestive juices yeah. And out of the thing that swallowed so many people and got very large. Yeah. Like the dietary needs of that thing must be huge. Which well, sort of not re- anymore. Well, yes. Which sort of remind me of the Bantha. Like he throws the Bantha a scrap and the Bantha's like, I love it. Yeah. And as something that size would need so much food. Like elephants need so much food. Yeah. And he lets his Bantha go. He we, does. We and the Bantha Bertha. doesn't want to go. No. He's like, Bertha, go free. We named the Bantha Bertha. Yeah. Bertha the Bantha. Um, Make the, little Banthas, explore the dunes. Like, that's a, that was a nice moment. Yeah. I just fear that Bertha is going to get killed because we see so many damn dead Banthas everywhere. And even in this episode, they had a dead Bantha because yeah. they walked past a skeleton of a Bantha. And it's like... Can't we... Like, Can not, we have not, nice things? Not just send... Bertha off to do nice Bantha things. Like, can't we see some nice Bantha things? Yeah. So that was my thought. Poor Bertha. I hope she has a good life. Yes. Can I we, mean, it's can probably we... a lot safer without Boba Fett. Yeah. Can we get a Bertha series? Can we get a spy in the huddle where there's like a robotic Bantha, no. like to learn about the ways of Bantha? That's funny. narrated by David Tennant because he did a really good job with the penguin. Mm hmm. With these cheeky little birds. Yeah. That's my terrible David Tennant impression. I'm sorry, everyone, for that. It was uh, interesting to see him just go to town on the Sarlacc. He, mm, I don't understand how he has this gigantic ship. And he's it's got, like, this Oculus eye where they're sitting behind it so they mm-hmm. can see outside. And it's, like, this big eye peering into the the hole of teeth yeah like why would you do that and uh, at first it, why would you I was, take some readings like see if it's still alive why would you go that far into it i was really confused at first because we saw him position the ship tip them upside down so they're looking into it and it seemed to go further and further and further to the point where we're like are they flying inside because it does not seem big enough to handle a ship no, there and, were some poppers had or something. Like, that thing was too big to go it, in that hole. Yes, it opened wide up. And um, then they just stared for a while with a flashlight. Basically, they're like, is it around here? Do I see it? Do I see it? I don't see it. Was there a thing that made it seem like time had passed? Because I've got that. I thought there was some sort of, like, yeah, transition like, effect where it looks like they were staring in it for a while or traveling in it for a while. Like, yeah. They were weren't that far in because when they're trying to get out they're they, right they're right on the, the surface they're on the sur- it's very like of course you're not going to see anything 
Yeah. Why don't you use that little probe thing that Fennec Shand yeah. had before? Where's your probe? Probe that hole. Yeah. It was... That's the thing that I just said. Um, I, I fail to understand this, this part of the episode. It's it, from, from these characters not watching PBS Nature specials. And it's him just being like, I need my armor. Okay, we get it. So, it, so I feel they could have resolved it and been like, I had my armor when I came out, but now I don't. Where'd it go? Right. Like, apply a little bit of logic. You're not getting out of that Sarlacc without your armor. Where could it have gone? Yeah. And one of the big things about this and The Mandalorian that I've heard it's just... Dave Filoni basically taking all the toys from the 80s, all the Star Wars toys, and playing around with them, and being like, oh, what can we do with, you know, Hammerhead? Oh, he's the mayor now. Um, We should get another thing of uh, the Sarlacc. The Sarlacc should be involved some more. So then we got this scene, and we we didn't need it? No. If they applied some logic, they could have gone straight to the Jowls. Jawas. Jawas. Yes. Um, they probably don't have jowls. No. They have glowy eyes. Yeah. And uh, after he takes out the biker gang, he's like, you've served me, like you paid me back, Fennec Shand, where can I drop you off? I have some stuff to do. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm in it for now. We're just going to stick together. And he's like, well, don't touch any more buttons in my ship. Yeah, that, even after she saves the day, yeah. they dropped something into the Sarlacc hole that went kaboom. Yeah. Which somehow didn't destroy the ship. It somehow created more lateral waves through the earth than it did, like, yeah. back up through open air, which I have feelings about when fake physics don't work the way that I think that fake physics should work. Yeah. So she saves the day. But what this episode did do well, I think, is set up the cult oh hello bun buns they are looking for a treat yes our 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 pet bunnies have some feelings apparently too yes they are feeling that they have never had a treat and they would like one even though they have had so many this morning they are they also have some strong opinions about how bantha should be treated better in this series so the monologue thing about Boba Fett saw a different way of living with the Tuscans where he gets to call his own shots and he feels that bounty hunters should feel more empowered to do these things. And why should these stupid people run crime syndicates who don't actually do the dirty work? It should be mm-hmm. us. Yeah. So it that helps with both his motivation and the appeal to Fennec Shand and why she ends up sticking around is, oh, maybe... I can call my own shots and maybe I can determine when I'm finished. I can make that determination for myself rather than someone else deciding for me. That's true. Which was, I thought, a poignant line that she had. Yep. So. And it, we end the episode where... In the present tense. Yep. We skipped the, all this, all what we've been talking about yeah. was a flashback. So maybe it's more than just two thirds were back then. Yeah. So we get him in the in his current present tense, he's healed up all of his... Acid Acid burns? burns? Digestive burns? I don't know. His real... Yeah, sunburns. I mean, homie's not using sunscreen out there. Which is bold for someone who has no hair. Yeah. 
Um, he gets his eyebrows back. He does get his eyebrows back, and he's significantly less crusty. Yes. So he's out at the Bantha tank. They go out. Chrysanthemum is at Jennifer Beals' club with the little blue elephant who plays the Yeah, thing. Ma- Max Rebo. You keep telling me that name every time, and I'm pretty sure I'm never going to remember <laughs> it. And he's like, I have so much rage towards these reptilian-looking things. Yeah, the, the Trendoshans. Who, who are playing some other game, and I know that Dabo is a Ferengi gambling thing from Star Trek, but it, they're basically playing Dabo. Yeah. There's a spinny wheel, there's bright lights... There's the scantily clad yellow woman with the... A Twi'lek. She's a Twi'lek, yes. Not the green hunky one, but the... No, where's our himbo? No himbo for us. Um, So yeah, they're playing Dabo. They're being very excited. They keep winning. And Chrysanthemum is getting more and more enraged and, like, just throws them around. And he's getting a lot of, like, ale in his fur. Oh yeah, he is a messy drinker. Yeah, he is. Or she do? And do we know? I don't know. It's. I think it's a he. What they keep dribbling on themselves, which yeah. can't be great for both the costumers and if it was a real creature, it must smell real bad. How do you groom yourself? Yeah, I don't know. So, grooming habits aside, chrysanthemum is drinking this ale, goes apeshit. I was hoping they would be like. They were cheating. Here's this device that they were using to cheat on the table. And Jennifer yeah. Peel would be like, oh, thanks, Chrysanthemum. You can be a bouncer. Yeah, but, but ins- no. Instead, as he is about to dismember one of the reptilians after throwing the other ones around, yeah, she comes out like, girl, you could have shown up like a few minutes earlier, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Being like, you were a champion. You held all the titles. You were the best. You don't have to prove anything. And, and in and the she, back of my mind, I'm like, you are just trying to make sure he doesn't make a mess that well, someone has to mop up. Well, yes. I mean, she's a businesswoman. And she was making the point, the world's changed. We, yeah. You don't need to do that anymore. And it's one of those... Be nice and tr- gentle. I feel like it's one of those... Uh, not I don't know if it counts as a trope or just a overdone storyline of... You don't have to be violent anymore, like a warrior. And then you f- they find some purpose where they can still be a warrior, but yeah. for a cause. And, but she was also uh, going a different way, being like, you don't need to do this. I'll wipe out your bar tab. Yeah. And wouldn't you like to wipe out your bar tab? Because you've been drinking a lot. Yeah. he Chrysanthemum has run it up. Yeah. And... Jennifer Beale's like, I'll erase it if you don't make a mess. And then he makes a mess, and she's like, well, I tried. Yeah, and this is a callback to a, a line in the original trilogy where they talk about how Chewbacca can rip people's arms off. Oh. So. That, that's why Chrysanthemum ripped the arm off of yeah. this reptilian person. Yeah, sorry, Trandoshan. Yeah. R.I.P. or arm. I don't think they can reattach that. But you can get a mod. Yeah. So many mods. Yeah. And, yeah. Then Chrysanthemum starts to work for Boba Fett. Yep. I think in a similar but maybe slightly different sales pitch than we can call the shots and be your own boss. Yeah. And uh, Fennec Shand uh, talks to him about, well, you need muscle. What are you doing? 
Oh, and Chrysanthemum he, is now the muscle. Well, no, not quite, because the response from Boba Fett is, I can pay for muscle when they're on the balcony. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, she's like, if you have enough coin, you can get the muscle you That's need. it, yes. And that's where we get the musical cue for the Mandalorian, where it's like... So you're anticipating another crossover? Oh, it's going to be a crossover starting next episode. And to set it up, we are going to get the flashbacks to last season on The Mandalorian to see how they became friends. I thought they weren't friends. Well, they they are friends, and he's going to come in, but he's going to have to pay him. So it's like paying for a friend. Why would the Mandalorian... So the Mandalorian has this whole code, and then Boba Fett is just like, whatever, I just want the armor. Yes. Shouldn't that somehow make the Mandalorian not want to work no, with Boba Fett? they and, really helped each other out last season. And if the Mandalorian had shot Fennec Shand to the point where she would have died in the desert... I really forget what happened. Like, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Why like, would the Mandalorian work with them? Like, that, that was in the fall of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> this is January of 2022. That was at least three decades ago that I saw that, so... Maybe it's just like a bounty hunter thing where, like, I can swallow all this for enough money. I guess. But the they are really indicating that the Mandalorian is going to swing in. And I think... I don't know. Like, I don't see them... Well, they probably will if the ratings are high enough to a second season of this show. But they're going to use the end of this season of Book of Boba Fett to set up the third season of Mandalorian, is what I feel. Uh. Because now we don't have Baby Yoda, Grogu. What? Baby Yoda's gone? Yeah, Luke Skywalker took him to teach him how to be a Jedi. Oh. Mark Hamill showed up in some de-aged CGI. Wait, they didn't get actual Mark Hamill? No, they did, but they de-aged him. Oh, de-aged, sorry. I thought there was some fancy acronym of, like, the letter D. No. And the letter H. So, um, the Mandalorian will need a new hook, and I feel that this show needs to give him that hook to set up what the next season will be all about. So I think it's going to be a collabo for a few episodes. Oh. And then the second season of Mandalorian, I think, is coming along later this year. So it'll pick up where this leaves off. Yeah. Like a baton in a relay race. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So any final thoughts about this episode? I mean, as much as we went off about it, it did have some good points. I liked yeah. the call your own shots as a bounty hunter. We should be making the decisions for ourselves. I liked the rat catcher. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that it got us up to basically the present day. Minus yeah. the Mandalorian bits, which are probably going to come in that flashback next episode. But, um... And, like, the other things of scraping the ship around and all that like of course it's going to do that like as much as we would love the logic and like people in sci-fi fantasy shows to do things that would make their lives easier they never do because they have to make a show and be dramatic about it yeah yeah um i enjoyed this episode probably the most of any so far this season yeah i'll i concur it didn't feel like a chore to watch it and i feel episode two 
and three felt a bit like a chore where it's like, oh, they Boba Fett, it came out. I guess I'll watch it in a few days, sort of thing. This episode provided the stitching for these two parallel things to work, short timelines to work together. Yep. All right. Well, we will be back um, next week with our review of the fifth episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Not the Sith episode. Har har har. No, that comes the week after. So. Um, until then, everyone, if you are in the midst of winter, stay warm. Stay cozy. Yeah. And we will see you then. Take care. Bye.